Hi, and welcome to Skating Success, the podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Jadine Ferreira. And I'm Ben Ferreira. And we are here to provide you with insights on tips and thoughts, everything about skating. Yes, I'm the technician and Dartfish certified technologist, pole harness guy, and you are the... I'm the choreographer. I'm the artist. I don't know. We work together really well. We love each other, but we also love skating and we love providing value to you. We thought this would be a really fun way to do so. Right, Ben? Absolutely. Okay, but who's going to be better at the podcast? You or me? You, baby. Oh, no. I definitely think you are. Uh, I don't think so. That's all right. All Tune in to see exactly what we mean about skating success and how any of these tips can benefit you and your quest in being your best. To your skating success, everybody. Welcome to our 10th podcast. It's exciting to be back. Very exciting. And I'm really excited about the topic that we have today. Yeah, you are? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. I don't remember how we came up with this, but we were brainstorming, of course. And we always try to think of what can bring a lot of value to the people that we want to share this with, which is, of course, you, the lovely audience listening today. And we came up with the power of performance. But how did we get there? Do you remember? Well, I think it was just a conversation we were having where, you know, we wanted to have a conversation where this is going to be for everybody. This is, of course, going to be for the skaters, but it's also for coaches and parents to really dive into the understanding and the importance of becoming a performer. You know, how we show up in our life, we're all in some way performing. And I think this conversation will dive deeper into why that's very important to have performed maybe as a skater as you know now you're you know even as a coach you're going to be performing but also the value um that you may see it from the parents perspective as well so i think I, we really want to dive into that conversation and i think it's going to be um, a really good one today to um to really discuss i think so i think that's really well said um and a great segue into it because actually i'm remembering now that we started the conversation talking about the amount of uncertainty that we're all facing and that's kind of a constant in life because no matter what stage of life you're in there are things you're trying to learn and trying to grow into and then we started talking about well as a coach what do we rely on and a lot of it is what we learned through being a performer and having to stand at center ice and go through that that exercise of figure skating what it gave us right well and, and that's true and the show must go on right regardless of whether or not there's uncertainty that, yeah, we're, you know, we're at the end of August 2020 right now. And there's a lot of it, of course, that goes on in my head, I'm sure in your head, I'm sure a lot of other people's heads about what the next few months looks like. Because it's it's uncertain, but the show must go on. Regardless of how it, it's going to unveil, there's got to be a performance that's going to have to occur from the skaters and coaches and and so on. So I think that that's, that's part of the... The, the bar of being a performer is accepting that challenge. The show must go on. It may look a little bit different, but you have to understand that y- you still have to show up. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that is exactly the first topic and piece of this that I wanted to discuss with you is the lessons learned from being a performer. So you have a very unique um, view on performance, I think, because when you started skating, you were already... I think, well, I started competing. I think you were already like 12 or 13. So you weren't like six, right? Like, you know, you were, you had a little bit more life experience. And then you actually, I th- which I think is really cool, you competed all the way almost until 27. So you became an adult 
and kept competing and performing and so on. And so I'm really curious from your perspective, what are some of the things, and obviously you can't give me everything, but what are some of the things you learned um, about performance that still stick with you? Okay, well, well, I appreciate the opening up that dialogue, and it's funny, I'm just going through the memory banks of when I first started performing, because I'm going to tell you, I don't think I'm a very natural one. I think it's it, it took a little bit of time, even when I started skating, to even step on the ice, being so nervous. I mean, you know, I'd never done it before. I'd never stepped out at center ice and taken that chance and, you know, been in front of people. I mean, I remember one time, it was really funny, there was this, um, and this is before I even skated, but I remember we were as a family at home during New Year's Eve or something like that. And my mom had mentioned that, you know, our neighbors were going to go to this place where we we're going to be live on TV and we were going to be that. And I just, I just, I couldn't handle it. I said, no, I, I don't want to be live on TV. No, I can't do that. And, and I remember that. I just, I said, that's, that's an instant reaction where I don't want to do that. Like it was Whoa. something where, yeah. And that was, I remember that too. I just said, I can't handle that. I cannot handle being live on TV. I don't want to do that. Cause you know, I, I probably may have not been, I don't know the, the whole story of what it looked like, but they said, yeah, CTV is going to be there and all the kids are going to get shown. I'm like, Oh no, I'm out like a hundred percent. I did not want to do it. Wow. So when I started skating, I, I, I remember, you know, let's say the first competition, extremely nervous. I mean, like, you know, I mean, there's only maybe three boys, but at the same time, just, you know, taking that chance and going out and, and placing okay, go, oh, okay, maybe that wasn't that bad. But one of the things that, and it's funny, I, I remember this, was 1992, the summer, I was invited to be uh, the changeling boy in a Midsummer Night's Ice Dream at the Fringe Festival here in Edmonton. We had it at the Granite Curling Club, right? It's the summer of 1992. I kind of did the, a little bit of skating at the Clonor, then I would go to the Granite Curling Club and, and do that. Now... I think what that did for me was give me the first opportunity to really start to perform, to start to develop a character, to understand that when you do something also, you can get a reaction from the crowd. You can get, you know, I, I made this thing up. I can't remember what it was, but it was like, you know, puck and bottom, the whole thing. And I did something as the change of board. I made the audience laugh and I went, oh my gosh, I can, I, I have the absolute power to do that. I can actually wow, and I just made it up, and, and I had an audience engagement, and I, I really all of a sudden understood that I could be that performer. So for for me personally, it, it I think it started with that too, um, with the shows, with that sort of being put on the spot and learning how to engage the audience and getting a reaction and then feeling that and then just kind of going, okay, I can, I can probably do this. So that's that's a that's a, a early memory of that, but I think that that served me well probably my early skating career, and then you know moving on forward, the world probably gets in the way a little bit, right? Because then you you, you understand that you're a little bit more aware of what's going on out there in the world, and so you know that sort of innocent child factor of being a performer, you know, sort of goes away. But at the same time, by that time you've had enough experience. I mean, at least I had that I I knew how to do that. And show up and perform so that's just kind of a little story on that yeah okay this is unbelievable like you guys this is why the podcast is something I enjoy doing I have known you for so long and been like we've been together for a long long time and I didn't know either of those stories you didn't know that story huh? I didn't yeah. know either of those stories oh Guys, start a podcast with your significant other. Don't even share it with anyone, but you'll you'll actually learn things about them. Holy cow, that is so interesting. Wow. So that initial reaction, that word live, and 
you going, I don't want to do that. And you ending up being person that was live on TV to thousands and thousands of people. That's so ironic, first of all. And then secondly, I love the transformation you went through, ironically, as the changeling, the name of the character is the changeling boy, and you changed your as a changeling boy yourself by realizing that you could have audience interaction. And you know, it's so cool because your description of that is the re- the only reason I ever loved performing was because when I got on stage and I started as a da- dancer, ballet dancer way before I skated and I saw that in that moment standing on stage I could take the audience who seemed to be usually disgruntled people that were you know stressed out from work all week but that if they came and sat and relaxed and just watched a piece of art that they could be in a different place themselves that they could have a transformational moment. Maybe remember that they were once young and inspired and more curious about the world than confounded or confused. And so um, it's interesting that you that was your access point and it's also been mine. And yet, yet we came at it from different angles. But Well, for sure. And, I, and like I said, I, I wish... I think you're probably much more of an actual performer than I am. I mean, you can, you can do the lives, you can do this. I, I, I wish I could say that it was easy for me to do that to become a performer but I don't think it was I don't think it was very natural at all I mean even you know I'm just going back to another memory bank for you just another story that you may or may not know this but in 1996 um, I'd been third in junior in in Canadians and um, you know the world championships was here in Edmonton in 1996 right now what happened at that particular time was was Kurt was going to partake in the opening ceremony yeah Kurt Browning was going to partake in the opening ceremony and there was, an, there was an ISU regulation at the time that no professional skater could skate on ISU-sanctioned ice. Okay, so break that down for a second. So, so what it was, was the, the local organizing committee for the World Championships here in Edmonton in 1996. Um, I, was a, I was about 16 years old at the time. The rule back then was that no professional skater could skate on an ISU sanctioned ice, even if it was for a ceremony. Because he was no longer competing. So okay, sorry, that's the piece I missed. He retired in 1994, right? So, <sighs> but it was Edmonton and it was Canada, and we were trying to showcase. You know, it was it was all about that. So, I remember it was it was very interesting. And what he was going to do was he was going to skate to his classic piece, Les Misérables, to Michael Burgess, who was going to sing, and um, he was going to perform that particular number. So what happened was I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was thinking I was watching a practice session and one of the chairs of the Alberta section came up to me and said, Ben, you know, I, I, I need, I need to take you downstairs. Mr. David Dorr would like to talk to you. And Mr. David Dorr was the director of general of um, the Skating Figure Skating Association, you know, now known as Skate Canada. Yes. So they took me to this room and Mr. Dorr told me this story. He says, look, we've got a problem. And we need you as an amateur to go out and do this piece because you're an Edmonton boy. It makes just a lot of sense. Everybody knows you. And I'm going, okay, wow. So meanwhile, the, the clock is ticking. We, we didn't have that much time. I mean, I think we maybe had 24 hours to put this thing together. And so I remember while I went out, you know, I <laughs> I took my 1985 report from the tin of and, you know, um, Got on the ice with Kurt, and we figured it out, and we understood that this is what it was going to be. I had, I had these, this kind of outfit that was thrown together, and we, we figured all this out. And, you know, performing, I, I mean, this was now the opening ceremonies for the World Championships. I mean, this this rink, I mean, I don't know if you remember. It was um, packed. Yeah, I was North, there. Northlands Coliseum. It was packed. It was 17,000 people, okay? Oh. So, so this was thrown together in 
literally a matter of a few hours. And I remember meeting Michael Burgess, nice man. Okay. And, and I remember this moment really well. And, and this is where it's going to come from too, is that I remember standing with Michael and all, I'm kind of getting on the ice and the, the, of course the arena is completely dark. And I remember him kind of going through what he does as a singer. And he's, you know, you can see him kind of breathe and get into what he needs to do to do the job. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm 16 years old. I'm, I'm just trying to go quick. Like, what am I going to do with this? You know? Yeah. And then, so we get out there. And we do the thing, and, and fortunate enough, it all worked out that day. I landed my triple toe, I landed, the, I did double axle, I did this, I, I did what I needed to do. And, you know, in that moment, I just, I remember coming back to him and he just squeezed my hand at the end. We just go, wow, it was, that, was, that was a pretty cool moment. And so, it's, it's fascinating in that no matter how many times you perform, there's always that feeling of, the the preparation and the what if and the uncertainty that goes into that so yeah that was a really interesting story but also it gave me confidence going you know if i can pull that off in a matter of hours you know and maybe create the moment and maybe do that and of course you know it was that was the first time that i ever expect you know and director general skate canada gave me the world team pin and, and all of a sudden the doors open up and the media just comes at you and you go it's going whoa like there's there's a story oh there. so that a whole right? other thing happens. so a whole other thing oh. i've never dealt with that before you know being in the center of a moment and so yeah I, and he kind of scripted me he said now look when you go out there you're going to say this 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 and this is how it's going to go i said sure whatever so you know you do that and that was the first time that i'd ever dealt with something that of that magnitude of that big and again, it, it just kind of goes, you know, when the chips are down, sometimes it all, it all works out and, and, and things, you know, can, can roll forward. So yeah, that was another memory of, um, of, of setting the bigger stage of performance, what that's going to look like, you know, at, at a grander stage and being able to do that in front of 17,000. Yeah. Well, I know I'm, I'm supposed to talk now, but it, <laughs> you've left me in such a moment and Gosh, and I know I was there, but I'm pretty embarrassed because, like, I don't really remember. I mean, I thought, I think to me it was like, oh, look, there's some talented guy skating and the nice music. Like, because to me, I'm not seeing any of the behind the scenes or anything that was going on. I mean, I might have been getting popcorn for all I know because it was the opening scene. And you know the funny story? You know, you, know the, you know the funny story at the end of all of that, right? Is, is all week long, the audience was going, we want Kurt. We want Kurt. And finally... Um, the, uh, the, the, I guess the, the director general or the, uh, skate, the ISU president said, okay, fine, we'll allow it. Really? <laughs> so he's allowed in the closing ceremonies, right? So, you know, it's, it's just, it was just one of those learning moments where, you know, it's, and I, I've been put in those moments many times where it's maybe limited time, you've got to pull something off and you'd be, you'd be shocked at what you can pull off when, when the heat is on, when, when you really have to you know, stretch and, and make something happen. And, um, I think it's really funny. I now remember, I think my mom and dad still have that original newspaper print that was put in the Edmonton journal about the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, that was, um, so that's another moment. You are bringing up something so classic to my way of thinking around performance. And that is, and we've called this podcast the power performance. But one of the things I think is powerful about it is that I think many people are better under pressure. Like when you give people two months to complete something, it, it's often way worse than if you just say like you experienced, we have to do this, it's 24 hours, here's the parameters, let's go. It's sort of like a laser focus just happens in the brain 
and you just have to create it. And I, I can speak to it now in my day to day being a choreographer because I don't have the luxury of like, Oh, well I didn't come up with anything this week. I just spent two hours with the skater and didn't get any choreography out of them. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. It's pressure every single day. I have to create it. There's no like, you know, I might be able to stretch it out by half an hour, but that's about it. Basically, the kid's on a timeline, the coach's on a timeline, the parent's paying for it. Boom. Jadine, create now. And I love it that way. I feel like that pressure pushes me to do a better job. Do you feel like, you know, obviously from that example, you had that happen to you, but do you feel like there were other points where that happened to you as well? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, things happen last minute. I mean, I remember, you know, once I had to give a speech last minute and, you know, you're kind of going and, you know, I think we're very critical as performers too because I think we kind of, you know, sometimes you exit a performance or a speech and you go, I nailed that. You know, I pulled that off. And sometimes you go, oh, you know, maybe I, I missed this or this didn't sound well or whatever. But then you never know because sometimes the impact you've had on somebody, like they come back and you said, you know what you said made, like that really impacted where I was at with something. And I, I really think about what you just said. So we're all, I think as performers are very, very critical on ourselves because again, you, it's, it's something that we, for, first of all, you know, and I'm just going to say as an athlete too, is that we prepare. Like, I mean, I, preparing to perform is, is everything. It's constant preparation to put yourself on the line. I mean, that's all we do as coaches, as skaters, you know, we're, we're in constant preparation for that one moment because in that constant preparation, you're going to develop the repetition that you can go out there and go, yeah, okay, I, I've got I've got my arsenal ready to go. If I just stick to what I know I can do, I can do that. You know, and that's not just say it's 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 just the truth. And and yeah, that moment that's that's a challenging place to be, but it also puts you under the gun. It goes, you know, if I pre- if I prepared, if I've done everything that I need to do, and that's that's something that I always used to do as a competitor. I always used to go. You know, before I stepped on that ice for, say, the short program, I'd always go, did I do everything that I could have done to my best of my ability? And, and the answer was always yes, because I go, look, life happens. You know, maybe a lace broke on one session or maybe something happened or, look, maybe I had a hard fall and I needed to recover for a day. But at the same time, I did everything in my ability to make sure. I did the run-throughs. I did the off-ice. I did everything. And, and then you have clear clarity stepping onto the ice. And, and I think that that's a very important part of... of being a performer is the preparation. I mean, even now at master classes, I've seen you prepare. I've seen you prepare you know, all of your notes, what you want to get across. I've prepared the content. I've had to go in and go, you know, for approximately 22 minutes, this is going to be the focus. And I don't want to go over that because here's why, is that there has to be another focus after that. You can't stay on something for that amount of time and, you know, not, <laughs> not repeat it too much that it gets too stale you have to move on to the next part of the conversation energy management energy yeah. management yeah. And, and understanding that you know it's it's there's a flow to performing too it's not just you know a because there's there's also a subtlety and it's it's a very it's a very tricky balancing act I think we all try to follow when we um, when we step out to give the speech or where we step out to perform because we're all performers really at the end of the day you know, when you show up to have the conversation, you're performing. Like there, there, there's a performance aspect to how you show up at a, you know, even as a kid in school, you're probably, you know, when you're putting up your hand, you're going to start performing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And whether, you know, the teacher liked my answer or not, I performed what I thought was the answer. Most of the time it was wrong, but you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's what it, what it is. You're taking that chance to step out in front of the, 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 the crowd and, and say what you, what you believe the answer is to say what you believe it is. So, yeah. So this is interesting. Like, this is a little off script for me because this is not the next point I was 
thinking of making, but it's, I think it's really important because, you know, because we're both in this industry and we're very involved, I would say, like we're both full time, right? It's Mm -hmm. not a part time thing for either of us. There are so many evenings or moments where you and I are discussing athlete strategy, um, exactly what we want to do next with the client, exactly the direction we're trying to create. And I've heard you say it over and over and over that the performance is the most important thing, that nothing can get in the way of the performance, that we need to give the skater the access point to the performance. And and often you're talking about it in forms of you want to make sure they have the right content in their program, the right jumps that they feel they can do, they, they have a balance of confidence and a tough, a t- slight bit of challenge, but not too much challenge, that they can't go out there and feel, feel strong. And what do you mean when you say that, when you say it's all about the performance? And I may be paraphrasing, but what... What's in your head and heart when you're trying to lead the skater into that? Okay, so that's a good question. And I think, I think at the end of the day what it is, is you have to leave the skater with the moment that they've wanted to train for, okay? And you also have to lead the audience with the moment. You have to, there's a balancing act between you have to do what you can do, you have to do it well, you want to be on a music, you want to give a theme, but you want to be able to deliver something memorable, something mm. that'll like move you emotionally and take you away and take you away from everything in life that you're dealing with. If you're just watching that skater and you're going, wow, this is, this is really quite, quite not like, you know, this is, this is a performance. There's a connection. There's, there's something that, you know, if I was on the panel and I'm watching a performance and I'm going, wow, you know, like there's, there's something here that is taking me away from the day to day and sure they're knocking stuff off, but I'm really getting something out of this, you know, and they're able to do what they can do, but they're also delivering it with a certain, um, passion and quality. And and they're, they're, they're showing, they're showing themselves in a way that they want to be shown. Yes. You know, and they're revealing themselves to themselves, but also to us. And I think that's very important in a, in being a performer is you're also revealing yourself to your, to yourself. What can you handle? You know, what, um, how did you show up that day? And sometimes, you know, as a performer, it, it didn't work out. So you, you have to learn that lesson too and go back and go, okay, what happened? What, where did, where did that go wrong? I was prepared. I was ready. I was this, what happened in that moment? And that's part of, you know, becoming the performer or how you show up is taking that lesson and moving it forward and going, okay, that time I did this, maybe next time I need to focus on this and not be so concerned about that and then just rely on what I know how to do. So, yeah. you know, but also not be too stagnant. There's a balance between both of them of being able to understand that, you know, in performing, you, you must prepare. It's, it's a very important part. You must prepare your, you know, it's like, I mean, you walk in the boardroom, you walk in the boardroom, you prepare your presentation, yes. you know, you have, and you're performing it. Say you're selling it to the board and you go, you know what, this is how I see this. And here's why. And you list all the reasons, right? So just an example of that, how you show up at a job interview. This is why I think I'm your candidate. You know, this is why, this is what I've, I've done. This is how I've done it. And this is why I think I'd be a fit, yeah. you know? So that's where performing in itself is is very powerful and maybe leading to the the part about value for parents is the fact is you know anybody who stands out there at center ice anybody who does that anybody who said yes to that challenge and and being willing to be judged and be willing to expose yourself and you know i mean that the, the value in doing that 
on 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 these two blades on a piece of ice and, and, <laughs> and trying to go for stuff where 0.2 of a second you have to hit that axis on a double axle like you, you know this is not an easy thing to do yeah and you have to be stable emotionally as well as physically to be able to perform you have to be very stable to be able to do that and you know i think i think the value in putting your kids to the test like that and giving them the framework to where they can learn the lessons of sometimes they they did ace it and sometimes you know they didn't and they have to learn from the moments that they didn't and go why did that happen and ask themselves that question because if they ask themselves that question they will get better so oh yeah i mean the thing the image that just went through my mind is the changeling that you've explained at the beginning that you cannot be at center ice in that loneliness in that space and end up performing and creating a moment on the ice and not be changed yourself. You, it will change you. It literally gives it you to. emotional armor, intellectual armor. It, like, it gives you something that you can't, you can't buy, but it gives you something as a performer, as an individual. And that's why I'm so passionate, as you are obviously too, about giving these skaters that type of opportunity to really own it, not just do what I told them to do, but to really own that piece of art and become the master of that art in that moment, which to your earlier point takes hours and hours and hundreds of hours of preparation. I get all that. But the point of it really is that once they go through that door and open themselves to center ice and own the audience participation, they're, they're forever changed. They're, they have that well inside of them that they can draw on now in future experiences, whether it's a job interview, a boardroom, you know something else they want to move on to in life well they're different people and, and you know you see them trans you know you see there's an eye contact you know you're not you're not afraid to make eye contact you know like or maybe you're afraid but you do it anyway because you're a performer right like you know and and that's where we talk about like going into the performer self okay that's a very very special conversation that um, you know stephanie and I used to talk about the performer self, no one can hurt you, okay? Because if you're on stage and I put myself out there, nobody can hurt me because I've made the decision that I can't be hurt, and that's my performer self. Will I go away and be vulnerable? Sure, that's fine. But in my performer self, nobody can hurt me because I've taken the challenge and I've shown up to be judged, okay? And, I take, and I'm, I'm willing to take the criticism, I'm willing to take the praise, I'm willing to take in all of that. But you can't hurt me because I've said yes to that, okay? And, and then I can go away by myself and be, you know, introverted like I like to do and recharge and go, yeah, you know, that hurt or that was this or that was that. But in the moment of being a performer, like if I show up to be that performer, I've taken that challenge. I'm, 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 I'm unshakable. I, you can't, because I'm in my performer self. Yeah. You, can, you can't mess with me. You know, you can't do anything to me because I've, I've shown up agreeing to the terms of being that person. Does that make sense? It does. It yeah. does. And for those of you listening who are interested in, in Stephanie's work, she's our business partner and great, great friend, basically family, I would say. Um, we have a really cool uh, interview that we did this summer and it's on our, our YouTube channel. So you could always check that out where we interviewed each other. And uh, you can learn more about Stephanie and Ben's journey because you guys have some really cool stories about being at Worlds and, and stepping into all these ideas, the performer self, the value of being the performer and and um, all those things. So I just wanted to mention that for people who want to go deeper into that. Um, but this performer self is such a valuable tool because it, like you say, it gives that person, whoever is performing, even if it is the coach, right? Even if it's the parent, I mean, 
it's an art form to become a parent at a competition and not put your personal nerves, let's say maybe onto the skater as well. There's a whole layer there, you know, when, when parents prepare, um, it's, so it's, it's no different. Everyone needs to find their space and where they can perform and show up and, and, and do their thing. So I think we've kind of segued anyways into the, my third point here. And I wrote down the words apply to thrive. And all I was trying to get out, out of us, out of that piece was just in thinking of all of this power of performance information, how do we, or what's our perspective on transforming it from the ice into life? But I think we're already talking about it, aren't we? Well, I think once you're performing, you can't not be, right? Because because you, what you've done is you've you've literally just learned how to do that over and over again by stepping out. You, you, once you, once you're performing, you can't not be, and and you you really have mastered the art of it. Does it get easier? I wish I could say that it does. It doesn't. It's yeah. still the same challenge. It doesn't, no matter what your like you say, it's your job interview, if it's a seminar, if it's something that, you know, you're going to be performing and you're going to be showing up delivering or having the conversation or engaging to it, say it's public speaking. I mean, there's, there's I always used to say that, and it's really true, by the way, the, the three human fears are this, right? Public speaking, um, what was it? It was actually, no, it was um, fear of public speaking, public speaking and dying when public, no, fear of, no, excuse me, this is what it is, and I screwed <laughs> this up. Okay, so it's, it's dying. Okay. Public speaking and dying when public speaking. Oh. Those are the three human fears. Let me say that one more time because it was in my brain and I, I couldn't quite 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 get it out. But it said, "Here's the three human fears." Okay. Dying, public speaking, and dying when public speaking. Right. So you know, and dying when performing. That's probably the you know worst fear that. And I don't disagree. I mean, I would go, you know, I'm afraid of time because I don't know what that's going to look like, right? I mean, but dying when public speaking, that's, tr- that's, it's really hard. And I've done it so many times, but at the same time, you know, I've learned, right? To, to, to handle that and manage that and go, you know, where in my preparation did I not, where did I drop the ball? You know, because maybe that wasn't preparation or maybe it just wasn't the right topic or maybe I just wasn't on today. You know, I, I just didn't feel it, you know, and sometimes there's a, there is a flow. There's a there's a there's a role to it where you know you have to have that um, that that they, we call it the zone that flow that that um, state where you're you're on as a performer, and so that's that's part of the learning too. But mm-hmm. once you're performing, you can't not be. You know, you, 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 you've learned how to to deal with it. You've learned how to handle it, and you've learned how to show up. Mm-hmm. Once you know, you can't not know. Once you know, you can't not know. And once you've said yes to the challenge, you, you'll never not say yes. I mean, you'll always go, yeah, I can do that. I've, I've done that before. I know how to do it. I just know how to need to prepare. And it's really funny because we all have our way of preparing. You know, I've got my, if I was going to give a speech, I'm in bullet points and then I'll just go talk about it. Like I used to write down everything that I would say word for word. Well, that doesn't work. You have to, you know, like here's my bullet point of what I want to talk about. Right. And this is what I, I think that, that the conversation is going to be. Mm-hmm. is this now let's dive further into this and you just get better at it year after year after year and it, it you know but once you know you can't not know right mm-hmm. so let's let's wrap this whole topic up with dividing it into the three pieces of the skater the coach and the parent and what would we want to say each of us to each of those three different people because we, we do have audience members that are of different stages or phases or involvement in figure skating mm-hmm. and so I think it would, it would be valuable right so the power of performance as it occurs for 
um, parents, what would we say, or what would you say to a parent who's asking, well, what's the value of this? What's why I put my my kid into figure skating? Okay, that's a very good question because I'm sure in parents' minds there must be a lot of that. <laughs> and, again, I have the, and I have the utmost respect because I I, I I just go, wow, you know. But 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 here's the thing also. Where are they going to face adversity, your kids? And they have to face adversity to become stronger, okay? Where are they going to face that? I'd love to say that in their, you know, in the school system, they would, I, I'm not sure they face the same. I don't really think it's there, okay? And... Maybe they would, I'm not sure, but they have to face adversity to get stronger. You as a parent know that. You dealt with that too. I dealt with it. We all dealt with it. Without adversity, we don't become strong. So they have to deal with that. And they have to learn to go out there and be center ice and not care about what people think. Or care, but not care. Like in that moment, you can't care. They have to. Okay? So as far as, am I okay with like the parent angle so far? Like, Love it. Love like it. I think... You know, and, and, and you showing up as a parent and allowing them to experience that um, and success, by the way. I'm not just saying it's going to be no, no, and they, they would probably experience success, but also facilitating the fact was, okay, you were successful today. What did you do in order to make that happen? And let your, let your child really be accountable to the fact that, yeah, okay, I prepared. I worked hard. I did this. I did that. And also the other part. What if they fail? Which, by the way, is more prevalent, by the way. <laughs> it's just the way it is. is you know, failure is more you know, common than success, but that's part of it. Is, okay, why did that happen today? Well, I maybe I didn't do this, or maybe I just didn't practice that hard enough. Okay, good. Did you learn the lesson? What are you going to do about it? Because you've got two choices from moving on here forward. You can't go back. You don't go forward. So what are you going to do? And I invite parents to engage in that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, invite, invite it to be a huge learning experience for, for your, your child. Um, it's, it's, it's huge. And, and understand that, yes, parents, sometimes it's going to be very disappointing. I get that. And, and I empathize with that because we all want our kids to succeed. You know, I want my kids to succeed. Of course we all do. But they have to face the adversity. That's the only way they're going to get stronger. That's the only way they're going to become a performer. That's the only way they're going to learn to show up. I love it. Sounds like we need to do a whole podcast just for our parents. So maybe that's in the future. All right. What would you say to other coaches? You've now you've now been around so many coaches because of the fact that you do a lot of freelance work. You work with lots of coaches day to day, supporting coaches. We've now done across the country master classes. So we've met coaches in all walks of life, all stages and phases. And you have a real perspective on it because you love coaching. Right, and this is this is a good thing, and maybe I'll ask you that question too. What you would say to coaches, because you, you probably have some stuff to add to that too, because you work with a lot. But mm. I mean, I, I would say to coaches the same thing. You know, make it a lesson for your athlete. You know, your athlete. You know, and and sometimes they don't learn the lesson until they have to learn it by going out there and maybe you know, and as much as you can tell them about, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, or you know what. They have to learn that for themselves. Yeah. You know, there's a big lesson in, in, in the actual learning about it and how they, you know, did you show up like this? Maybe not. Okay, so, you know, that's that's why, you know, maybe you need to show up like this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, like, or, yeah, it, like, if they succeed, okay, but that's why. You continue on this path, the odds are you're going to get more of this. And I think I think that's the, the message of, of being... Um, a teacher and a coach is, is, is the learning aspect of the whole experience, you know? So that's what I'd like to say. Uh, what do you have to say about that? 
yeah, if I was talking to coaches, well, I shouldn't say if, when I talk to coaches, I try to remind them of their own leadership within themselves. They're, mm-hmm. they're still performers. You know, I had a conversation the other day with a coach and I said, well, what are your coaching goals? And she was like, whoa, I haven't asked myself what my, my goals are for a long time. It's been all about the skater. And I think that it's easier, I think it's easier to show up for the skater once you've taken care of yourself. Oh, for sure. And, you know, when you're, when you're a performer and you're an athlete, you take really good care of yourself because you want to be able to perform. But a lot of coaches, we forget that part. It's like, oh, well, now it's all about the skater, all about the skater. Okay, great. But if it's only all about the skater, that's going to be depleted at some point. So it needs to be about yourself so that you have the energy, the, the you know, magnetism, the resources, whether it's reading, whether it's exercise, taking care of yourself physically, mentally, health in a health conscious way, and then choosing what am I focused on this season? What do, example, what do I want to become better at this year in my coaching? You know, one of the things I've focused on for at least five years now is communication. I want to be able to say what I want to say to the skater in 30 seconds instead of four minutes. And that means a, that makes a big difference in a lesson. Oh, for sure. Right? So I think coaches need to honor that in themselves. Honor their own power of performance. For sure. Because as coaches, there's just a lot out of your control. You know, the, 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 the skater may have some ability. The skater might not have some ability. And, you know, like also, you know, they may feel the timing or not feel the jump timing and as coaches we all take that person like I, I maybe go where am I not saying something that doesn't make sense or you know maybe they just don't feel it and, and that's not you know I, I maybe communicated the best that I could so I have to be okay with that but there's a lot that's out of the, the you know the coaches control as far as the athletes so you know as coaches when you show up keeping that in mind of course taking care of yourself um, keep that in mind that you know, if you, how you want to communicate and how you want to perform, that's, that's a, that's a really good, um, point that you mentioned is, is part of that whole interaction. You know, maybe what, what do you want to get better at? Maybe it's, you know, scheduling or invoicing or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it's things that, you know, you might want to look at, um, and, and say, yeah, I'm going to focus on this. This is, this is a goal that I'm going to focus on the next 90 days. I'm going to work on this and I'm going to get proficient at this because I find that this is an area that, that I really need to develop, you know, and take your own self-assessment. It's, it's really cool too, because when you're working towards the goal yourself, you get more fired up and then you have more to share just naturally. Yeah. So, and then of course our thoughts for the skater. I mean, my first thought for the skater is just get on, get on this train and ride it because it's so powerful for you. It's so fun. Like creating art that's then individually your piece of art even a star two level um, or beginner level, it becomes so personal to you and you get to own it. And then when you share it and you really share it with an audience, there is something that you feel inside that is really hard to replicate. I've tried to replicate it in other areas of my life and it, nothing is quite like being that performer at Center Ice who's sharing something with the audience. Well, and, and to the skater, I would say too, is, is it's, 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 it's all about you. You know, mom, dad... Me as the coach, we're all supporting you with the what you've signed up for in saying yes to take that opportunity is to be a performer. So your job is very simple. It's it's go do the performance, what we, we've supported you to do to take that opportunity and take that chance, and you will learn and grow um, going through that experience. I love it. I think that's a wrap. 
Well, thank you. That was a good conversation today. That was great. That was great. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. I know it was a bit longer than our usual sessions, but we get passionate up here in the podcast. So um, thank you for all your attention. And we're absolutely, as always, wishing you your best and your skating success. And to everybody's skating success and, um, you know, the road ahead. Awesome. Thanks, Ben.